what are you uh, what are you enjoying right now? Well, what are we enjoying right now? It's a second cocktail. Why don't you explain it to us? The brand new creation. <laughs> the brand new one of, we just created right on the now. spot right, right now. It's called the Tokes. The Tokes. So, what I said, why don't you tell the listeners what you brought with you, your uh, your your secret ingredient for your uh, 90s cocktail here. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people out there from the 90s and and so on have definitely had Boone's Farm in their life at one point in time or another. Boone's Farm, it's it's Boone's Farm, it's super sugary, super sugary, cheap, cheap like they call it like a I call it wine, but it's not. It comes yeah. in like a wine bottle, and it's kind of but it's slight. I think slightly carbonated, like super. Slightly. Yeah, very slightly. Yeah, I think that's why because it was so sugary though. I mean, it tastes like Kool Aid. It tastes. Yeah. I think that's why at first it was one of the choice ones for me yeah. it was cheap it tasted good it you know like alcohol like yeah i mean when you first start drinking whatever is like whoa you know yeah. oh uh, yeah like like straight alcohol or like beer beer or yeah. when, you, when you're like a teenager or when you're like kind of even yeah even 21 i mean you want like the sugary something that stuff. tastes good yeah. um but to say i can't say that i've ever even caught a buzz off of boone's farm <laughs> No, I don't think so. No, it's, I mean, I wonder what the alcohol, it's on the counter. I'm not going to grab it, but it's got to be like low alcohol content. I think it was 3.5 or something. We just had some this last weekend. It was three something. So it's. You just had some of this last weekend? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How often do you drink Boone's Farm? (laughs) (laughs) I've been addicted ever since (laughs) the late 90s. (laughs) To Fuzzy Navel? Uh, Yep. Fuzzy Navel. I remember Melon Ball. That was the green one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Another good one. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So what? Uh, so you brought some Boone's Farm. You brought two different flavors. What did yep. you bring with? Is the fuzzy navel and the strawberry hill. Hill. Strawberry hill. Yeah. I don't remember the strawberry hill. I probably did have it at one point. I definitely I remember fuzzy navel and melon ball. What was the blue one? Remember that one? The yes. I don't remember what the. It's probably got a what blue raspberry or something. It's got to be something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I had them all at one point in time. Yeah. <laughs> But and apparently you still drink them all the time. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had Boone's Farm probably since I was, you know, late teens or something. So this well, brings I, back some memories. I really haven't either. But Tina, my girlfriend, yeah. we were talking about, or we, were, we were at a wedding recently with her and they had Boone's Farm on all the tables. Oh, and we we're like, oh my gosh, a blast awesome. from the past, you know. Yeah. So we started talking about that and the Zima and stuff and stuff from that time, you know, like she had Boone's Farm, you know, it was yeah. a staple kind of for her as well, yeah. you know, so we had it at that wedding. So then we, we just recently went camping. We're like, let's get a bottle of Boone's and bring it up there, you know. This is going to be a complete staple in your diet now. Please. Yeah, I got to watch it. Too I much sugar. It. So much sugar. But it's, I mean, it doesn't take like, so what we did is um, we added some fuzzy navel to the already um, classic uh, 90s freak, our signature cocktail for this podcast, we added some fuzzy navel to that. And it's pretty damn good. It is really good. Even with all those flavors together, it's really surprising to me that it actually tastes good. Yeah. Because you think it would just at some point be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But you could taste the fuzzy navel, definitely. Definitely. And there's Surge and Zima and Crystal Pepsi and (laughs) and Ecto Cooler. Oh, man. So it's just a beautiful little concoction. It's just... The 90s. Belongs in your through mouth. our veins yeah. right now, yeah. Get a grip on the 90s. Awesome. <laughs> Do you remember that? Get a grip. No. What's that That from? was the phrase. That was like the catchphrase of the 90s. Was Get a grip on the 90s? Get a grip on the 90s. <gasps> nice. Yeah, Get I used a grip. To, that maybe was the early 90s. Could've I been. wonder when that was. Early early to mid, maybe, yeah. when all the kids were saying that. That yeah. was 
Get a grip, though. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that must have been a big term in the nineties. Get a grip. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna have to. Well, that was the that was the catchphrase. That was it. That was the slogan. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna need to slogan, get a T-shirt yeah. that says that or something. You get a grip well, on the nineties. Spend yeah. a couple hundred bucks on that. Get a grip on this Tokes and <laughs> so drink this is, up. This is the Tokes. Get we might try to introduce with the second flavor of strawberry. Oh wait, of what? Of Boone's Farm. Mm-hmm. With the second flavor of Boone, Boone's Farm, we might go with a uh, different one. A little later, but we'll keep you updated on that. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right. So what I want to get into is um, talking about how. So we met, and like I said, you. I didn't know at that point. You you weren't when we met ninth grade, first day of ninth grade. You weren't like full on punk rocker yet. No. You were all probably almost there. Or Getting almost there. Starting there. Yep. But I and I didn't really know what a punk rocker was. I didn't. I didn't know what. Didn't really know what punk rock music was, even though a new Green Day. And sure, I'd heard probably, oh, it's punk rock, but it was also in my mind probably just, it was just alternative. So what are we saying? Ninth grade was 96, 95, 95, 95 probably. Okay, so that was, that was the early stages, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'd already, yeah, yeah, that was the early stages. You hadn't had a mohawk yet, but pretty quick within ninth grade, you got a mohawk. And I think you started with the short little like two yep. inch fuzzy yep. mohawk. Um, and then grew it out to like the big massive spikes and yeah. stuff that were like, I don't know, 16 inches long or yeah. something. But you said earlier that Green Day was your first and foremost. Oh yeah. So Green Day changed my life yeah. basically, you know, from there, I just totally got immersed in the, in the music and stuff. I got, I went to Kmart and I bought Green Day Dookie on cassette Yes. and I listened to that thing and you know, did you wear it out? I don't think I wore it out, but close. I mean, I still have the cassette. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. At home, and it's so beat. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why I wanted to get the tattoo of, like, the, the tape. Yes. With, like, some of the ribbon coming out or something yeah, with that's, the, the dookie tape. Oh, my gosh, dude. I would totally, if we want to get, like, not, like, matching tattoos, I would get a cassette tape. Absolutely. Because yeah. I, I didn't have, I wouldn't get, I probably wouldn't get a specific one. I might just, um, I don't know. But that's that's genius. That's a yeah. great idea for a tattoo. That's what, like, like Green Day got me hooked all of a sudden like music is just this huge part of my life i noticed like uh i think it's mike their bassist has a tattoo of screeching weasel you know so i checked that out and then green day was also part of lookout records before they signed to enterprise okay so that's where it started then so you saw that the weasel on mike Mike. he has the tattoo nice okay so then i'm like okay what's this all about you know so i started checking that out and then looking back to lookout records and because green day was on lookout records before dookie before dookie so i'm like all right so all these bands instantly have to be awesome yeah you know so i just totally got into lookout you know mr t experience yes um the queers uh, screeching weasel all these guys and it just totally changed yeah. you know op ivy op ivy yeah huge yep that was another just uh yeah that's still one of those bands that that i mean they, they just had the one album or did, yeah that's it right well they the i mean they probably had like eps and stuff like that yeah, album, the one I, yeah. they had like one there was like eps put together and stuff but the one album was just yeah. epic yeah and I'm I'm surprised I don't have that tattooed. The guy, you know, the guy, yeah. But, but so that, many that of my turned, friends did. That turned into such a. It, even though you you'd have that passion for it, and I was on the later end, way later end of that whole thing, because you were the you were kind of you're the one who got me into that kind of music. Yeah. Because I was like, I mean, really, like I said maybe earlier, like you're the one who really got me into the punk rock scene. You know, like or or, um, 
in the underground scene, like or like the like yeah. the stuff that's like Lookout yep. and you know Screeching Weasel and all those guys. Um, but then I got into bands that you didn't really necessarily like all that much, like uh, No Effects yeah. and stuff like you know Less Than Jake. Right. All those bands, I got really into all those bands. I still love them to death. Yep. MXPX, you were into MXPX oh, yeah. though. Yep. So there was, yep. I mean, but it all stemmed from this this whole world that I had ne- didn't even know. Yeah. Existed until you kind of showed me, and I was like, "What? This yeah. is absolutely amazing. This music is ex- what I need. What I needed, you know, yep. what I needed in my life." Yeah, and it was yeah. great because it was like the underground scene was it was big enough where like the shows there was always shows. First have the Quest, you know, all these, there was always all these awesome venues. There was always shows all the time, and they were, for the most part, they're pretty packed. You know, they're big shows, but it was still underground. Still underground. Like, yeah, it wasn't mainstream at all. That's why you could go to these places that were like... um Places we have in town here in Minneapolis, um, you know, like First Ave, that it's iconic. Like yeah. it's, it's a huge, but it's not a huge place. It's just it's like a you know small. It's small. I mean, best I mean, show I've ever seen was Green Day Dookie <sighs> tour at First I'm Ave. So pissed that I, I I'm so jealous of that because the first time I saw Green Day was after they hit their massive success. Was and, it? And it was it was bigger venues like you know not stadiums yet because I think they didn't ever get to full stadiums until American Idiot came out. Um, yeah, but I think, but it was like still, it was bigger, you know, like um, well, they Roy like, Wilkins and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like, kind of like, not stadiums, but like, like bigger, bigger, like I don't know how you want to put it. Like, I don't know, whatever. You get the idea. The in between. Yeah, the in between. Um, but I remember, I remember those days. I remember seeing multiple shows a week. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time, all the time. And you could always, and you could almost always get free tickets. Because they would just hand out, like, whatever show yep. you're going to, they would, like, walk down the line of getting, and then they would just hand you tickets, and you'd look at it and be like, oh, shit, I really want to see that band. Yep, we're I, going I, to that one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And free ticket, you know. Um, I still, probably the, be- the best show I've ever seen ever, surprisingly, is not a Green Day, sh- Green Day show, but it was at um, First Ave, and it was Face to Face was headlining. Yeah. Remember Face to Face? Oh, Did yeah. you ever listen to them much? Yeah, I was probably at that show. What? No, I knew you at that point, so I, I don't I know. Was, we would have got. I don't, I don't remember I went being to face to face. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know. It was face to face headlining, and then the crazy lineup after that was opening for them was Newfound Glory. I had to be there. Alkaline Trio, and saves the day. Wow. That is that was the best show I've no, ever seen. I, it was crazy. Why was I not there? You you, you might have been, but I, I we no because I don't because this was like this was actually even after high school. This was like this was like into early early no, into college. I wasn't there. So early two thousands yeah. maybe or something or, or like ninety nine two thousand two thousand one somewhere in that realm. I love saves the day. Yeah, saves the day is amazing. I never got much into alkaline trio, right? But I've never seen them, so I was not at yeah. that show. Well, and they're 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 kind of an acquired taste, and they, I can I do consider them in the punk realm, but they're they're more of like a they sing about kind of I want to say maybe gothic punk, even though that. Kind kind of sounds that kind of gives a different they just kind of sang about dark stuff you know yep. they and uh you know there was just they'd sing about blood and they'd sing about like drinking a lot and oh yeah. you know like it was like alcoholism and killing people and die you know like but it wasn't like scary and weird like you picture like a horror movie it was just kind of like yep anyway but they would also have their like emotional songs and stuff i don't know i fell in love with that band yeah but to see those three bands opening for a band that i didn't really know face to face i had one album by them yep and and I didn't know any other songs but that one album, and surprisingly or thankfully they played most of their songs were off that album and I knew oh, them so you knew so them, that was yeah. great yeah but to see like bands I was really getting into like Newfound Glory, I had their like first album yep. um 
and that was their first big tour. Yeah. Um, because and the guy I remember the lead singer I can't remember his name but the lead singer he because it was his first big tour he was losing his voice yeah because he's like and so he even told us at the beginning he's like hey if you guys know the know the words help me sing because uh he's like I've never toured like this before and my voice is taking is my voice is getting the shit kicked out of it so yeah yeah so yeah that was that was really cool and to see all three of those bands all three of those bands I love so much opening you know to, oh it's great anyway oh yeah kind of digress a little bit but yeah so I but yeah the seeing shows all the time. Yep. All the time. Constantly. And I miss that. Like, that scene, I don't think... I mean, it probably still is a... <clears throat> not that scene, but, but... We don't have the venues like that anymore, right. either. Yeah. Like, I mean, first it's very still selective there, but... and stuff, and they don't do... They don't do all-age shows like they used to. It's either 15-plus or... You know, all those shows were all ages, yeah. all the yeah. time. God, I just... I love that, though. I loved going to shows, and I loved... Being just like I'm gonna pick up a T-shirt, I'm gonna pick up the you yeah. know whatever album I don't have or stickers or whatever. My love for punk rock, for Green Day, all this stuff because of that, because of seeing like Green Day their energy and stuff i'm like i have to start a band my cousin mike was into green day just as much as me i mean we were hardcore in it going to the shows everything we're like we have to start a band yeah. neither one of us had ever picked up an instrument in our lives none of no one in our families were instrumental or <laughs> right. nothing but we're like we are gonna start a band <laughs> we're doing it went to the pawn shop bought a cheap guitar you know he yeah. He picked up the bass, you know, I started getting lessons at Music Connection in Force Lake. And um, this was ninth, or was it before ninth? Didn't you say that you wrote your first Nuke song in study hall when I was in that class with you? So maybe it was 96. It must have been 96 yeah. or something. It was very rough, but I started writing lyrics yeah, so in that, that, that study hall. It was when that first one, and that was very Green Day influenced. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, totally. Let's talk about that a little bit, because Nuke... The band. I'm sorry. Well, first of all, let's talk about the uh, the name of your band. Yeah, and where it came from. We were obsessed with Green Day. We'd gotten to the point where, like, all right, we're we're in a band, even though we don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have guitars. That's a start. So we're in a band. We're cool. You know. <laughs> so we're like, what are we gonna call it? And we're kicking things around, and we're out. We're hanging out outside, skateboarding, listening to Green Day. And at, at my house, I live out in the country, you know, and we look over and Mike sees a milkweed plant growing. He's like, well, let's call it milkweed, you know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's right. I totally like, forgot about that. All right. You yeah. know, milkweed's not bad, you know, <laughs> so we're kicking it around and that's what it was going to be. And then we're listening to a Green Day interview on, on the edge. On the edge. Yeah. Yep. Modern Rock 93.7. The Edge. The drummer Trey keeps, he's he's just being a goofball and joking around, constantly saying, like, nuke, 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 you know, nuke. And we're like, that's it. Let's call it nuke, you know, because yeah. it stemmed yeah. from Green Day. Because wasn't that interview, like, he didn't say anything but nuke? Yeah, he just kept saying nuke over yeah. nuke, nuke, so nuke. I wish I could find that. Yeah. So you had milkweed. So we had milkweed, which yeah. I'm glad we didn't <laughs> go with because that's just not. That sounds like more of a more of a grunge grunge like grungy yeah. kind of name milk for a band weed, milk yeah. weed, uh, like but from, nuke is not really i don't know nuke is nuke is i mean i think nuke is a punk band. i mean it is it to me it's a punk yeah. it's a punk name 
you know. But the funny thing is, like, everyone thought, you know, there was all these designs that came up of like, oh, a bomb. The bomb is always, yeah. And you were like, no, that's not what it is. Like, yeah. It has nothing to do with that. You know, me and Mike started writing lyrics and stuff. We started getting better. We started being able to play some power chords. You know how yeah. hard those are to play. Power chords. Well, at first they are. I mean, yeah. you know, no, I know. first learning. So, so we started learning. We started getting music. So we're like, well, now we need a drummer. What are we going to do? You know, we don't know anybody. So my brother, I'm like, me and Mike are like, well, he could do it. He, you know, no experience whatsoever. Yeah. We come up come up to my brother and we're like, hey, by the way, you're going to play drums for our band. You know, he's like, <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to play the drums. He's like, I don't even know how to play the drums. That's I don't have awesome. a drum set. You know, yep. so like we started scrounging around. We found this big bouncing ball, you know, the big round bouncy ball yep. was the kick drum. We found this old metal tackle box for fishing. That was the snare drum. Are you kidding me? What? And we still, I, it was just a few years ago, I think I finally trashed it, but our snare drum, this tackle box, yeah. the front of it was just beat down from where he was actually playing with the sticks. And that was literally our drum set. I cannot believe, I never knew that. And stuff until we finally like, all right, we need, he's <sighs> getting to the point where we like forced him to play the drums enough where he's like, okay, I'll play the drums, you know, I'll oh, do that's it. awesome. So we went and got this, a real drum set, you know, and, yeah. and stuff. And from there, it just kind of morphed where we started, started doing it. And then we started having basement shows at my parents' house. And I still have some of the original flyers from like the very first show that we did there. And Wow, and you had like, because I think you've told me, I don't remember this, but you said that in ninth grade, you wrote the lyrics to the first Nuke song. Yep. In study hall, and we both had that class together. Yep. And that song was Couldn't Get a Girl If I Tried, right? Um, I think that's what you said it was. For what it's worth. Oh, I thought you always was. I thought you always said it was "Couldn't Get a Girl If I Tried." No, that one. That one I wrote in when we were in Ironwood, Michigan. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. All right. For what it's worth. Yeah. I don't remember that song. Yeah. Is that, that on was, the? Is that on the the album? Is that on the big like the first like sixteen song album? I think. Flowers. Uh, Not Fruit flowers. Loops. Fruit Loops. Yeah. Yeah. Not, that was on Loops. that one. Yep. Okay. Wow, for what it's worth, it was the very first song. You but wrote. we the first things we re- recorded was a tape. Mm-hmm. The tape, uh, I love breasts, chicken breasts. That is. That's right. I, yeah, and oh, you guys made these tapes, and it, what? What did you? You just put like a, you had a CD player, and you put a microphone like in the center of the room, right? Is that well, how you the did first it? one we did on a four track? It was wow. It was recorded on a. We went to <laughs> Jason's studio yeah, in his bedroom nice. and did it on the four track, and that nice. was big time for us. You know, yeah, oh, hell yeah, that was a real recording and stuff. Yeah. But everything after that was in the practice room in the basement. We just put a mic up. We'd yep. we'd record this and that would be our tape. We'd make these crazy covers and stuff. Oh, and yeah, you guys kept coming out with tapes and then you would like have the coolest um artwork for each one. Like you said, the one was I yeah. love I love breasts, chicken breasts that is. You drew those out and then you would just print multiple copies of yep. them. We'd go up to cut Tim's them country cupboard and Stacy <laughs> there and we'd hog the printer for you know, we'd sit there and we'd print out a hundred of them, and then yep. we'd sit there at the table, and cut them all out and fold them and put them in the cassettes, and then we'd go, go around. You know, and that's how like Thrust Records at the time was in Force Lake, mm-hmm. Tim. Yeah. Um, we brought some there for him to sell, and we, I remember like selling the tapes there. We were like, oh man, yeah. we're big time. You're now. Big time. You know, You're we're selling, selling tapes, tapes yeah. at this oh. record store. And then Tim, you know, we got to know Tim. He's like, why don't you guys come and do a show in the store? And we're like, what? You know, so that was kind of our first 
show in this record store and we're like, oh my gosh. In high school. I quit, I mean, instantly became a fan because we like the same type of music. And then you guys, yep. I was like, wait, you're in a punk band? What? Yeah. This is awesome. So I was like, I, was, I loved it. I was a super huge fan. And then I brought, um, you know, back going back to Coon Rapids with the same, you know, all the guys were still hanging back in Coon Rapids while I'm in Forest Lake. I was like, you guys have to come out and see my friend's band it's amazing you know yeah and they would come out occasionally to, to shows you guys would play and i and i distinctly i remember i remember all the cassette tapes specifically shorty friend of our shorty she she's probably still has all those tapes yeah. i i think i probably do somewhere even though i lost my entire i, I don't know if it's it's well it is lost right now yeah. my, my cassette collection yep. no clue where it went probably might be at my parents place somewhere but I'm really upset that I might have lost it because so, yeah. I don't know where they are. But that's where they all would be within what I still have the masters yeah, it's, of I all know. the cassettes. I, I, honestly, I want to digitize them like because yeah. I, 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 I want to. We should if we, we should. could somehow because that'd, yeah. be, that'd be awesome. Well, cassettes are starting to come back because it's like a hipster thing now. Yeah. Um, you could buy a freaking <gasps> – you can buy a cassette player to, to MP3 converter. We should just do that. Yeah. This will be great because this will lead me into one of my first little gems here. Ooh, he, brought, so, he brought a bag full, a plastic bag full of stuff that he did, couldn't let me see. So this <laughs> this leads me, you were talking about how you guys would come out and you guys were always like so much fun and stuff. So this, hold on. Okay, he's, 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 reaching, into, he's reaching into the bag and pulling out. Some, take, <gasps> take, a look at, no. take a look at that. Oh my gosh. This is... Oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh god. So let's talk let's talk a minute about the dwelling. I just got dizzy. Like yeah. I just got dizzy because of the, the emotion that just came through my Seriously. My... And those were some of hands yeah. down like the best, the best shows. funnest yep. shows. Yep. The dwelling was a place that was kinda like the dwelling, eh. the dwelling for uh for anyone who doesn't know yet. Um <laughs> was this place in uh, a city called Anoka minnesota which is next to coon rapids but it was just this place that where we hung out like it was it was kind of like it was just our our meeting ground for the period of i don't know a year or two where me and all my friends from coon rapids and stuff like we would we would meet and it was kind of this like i want to it's just like this downtown strip of a place that's not obviously downtown in like a big city it's just like you know every yeah. all little little towns have like the downtown area you know yeah, that's yep. what it kind of was and there's this place called the dwelling where all the all the teenagers you know us and we we're mostly the freaks you know the the um alternative crowd if you will yep. would hang out bands could play there or whatever so i knew obviously i was friends with you guys and i was like hell yeah you guys got to play the dwelling that's where we hang out all yeah. that's that's our place <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell the story about uh, about what how you felt about that place because it was, uh, yeah, they, they were they were they were I don't know they just like they like they they were, they were fun killers basically like yeah but some it's weird because some of the most fun shows that we ever had yeah. 
were were there, but they but they were just weird and weird enough about stuff where it was kind of like like that. For instance, what I gave what I just handed them was a a, a backstage <laughs> backstage, what, backstage. It was like a backstage pass backstage for the dwelling pass for the for the bands. Yeah. And I remember it. That was one of the last shows I got kicked out because I stole that, you know. Yeah, they basically were like, "If you don't return this, you will you're not you will never be invited back here." Yeah. And you were like, "Well, fuck this! Like, I'm just gonna take it." I'm taking because you're like, yeah. "I don't want to come back here." <laughs> yeah. I, did you play multiple times? I don't oh, thought yeah, you, I thought you only did. played once. Really? No, we played a few did times you? at the oh my god at the dwelling. That is insane. I, so. I didn't. I had no clue that that was what you were gonna. Oh my! That that yeah. is legendary. You, oh, keep yeah. that forever because that is yeah. So keep this it safe. That's great. And I remember you did things like you you would what, did you would like buy a bunch of uh, white t shirts, right? Yeah. And then have you would have just a bunch of like plain white like Hanes whatever just just typical white t shirts, and then you'd have a bunch of sharpies. Yep. And then did you sell them right? You were like do you sell the shirts for like a couple bucks or yeah. something, and and then people could draw make their own nuke shirt. Make basically. their own. Yep. That's genius. That is absolutely genius yeah. because people could and. Uh, I'm like again. I think Shorty's probably the one who probably kept everything, oh, but gosh. she probably still has some of those, and maybe even Jim or Jeff or whatever. But like, um, or even like Russ runs fast. That was yeah. another. That was like I a still side. Have that that tape, was like a yeah. side project. Or was that, was that you guys? Or was that just? No, that was me, Russ, and Justin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it was kind of a yeah side different band, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Russ runs fast. Russ of previous we talked about uh, random thoughts of Russ. Yep. But he was in Nuke also. For, so yeah. Okay. So after. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, I guess. But the Russ runs fast. There was like a tape for that, and there's yeah, there all these cool cassette tapes. And then, oh, but seriously, those shows, and then the shows like you mentioned in your basement, were so much fun. I yeah. went to so many of those, and and because your because your basement was you just that was your that was your area. Yeah, that was like your whole like almost like kind of like an apartment. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. Like, the entire basement was yours. Yeah, and you just put stickers and posters, posters and. And everything, and that's where practice, where you practiced, and yep. that's where Christmas you slept. Christmas lights on the ceiling, yeah. oh. posters, every inch of everything, and just packed, packed it full of whoever showed up, and yep. and then because uh, and you had some big, I mean, like Ace Troubleshooter, Ace Troubleshooter, when they're yeah. on one of their bigger tours, yeah, they played there. They, Wish yeah. upon a star, Wish upon a star, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big Forty Four. I mean, all these bands that were local bands, but were like at the but, time. But like yeah. Ace, they were on tour. You Ace, know, Ace was Ace got pretty big, but kind They're, of like a, you know, big local bands. Yeah, you know. But then Ace, Ace, they kind of went national for a little bit. There. Oh yeah, like they, yeah, because they had they had an album. Yep, they were on a they record were signed, label. Yeah, they stuff, were yeah. touring, and that's a good album. I dug. I really dig that album. Yeah, it yeah. was a great album, but. It's yeah. just crazy that they played in your basement on tour. You know, like, oh, I love that. Yeah. It's so great. But we just packed people, mm-hmm. packed people in. And, you know, I had the alligator, I yeah. had a pet alligator. That- oh, let's talk about that. So, G- you buy- <laughs> so Minnesota, it, it, alligators are not native to Minnesota nope. in, in any way. <laughs> uh, we are the, the north. Um, and so. It's mostly cold here. It's mostly cold. Yeah. We, we wait for the three month period that we get basically 90s like temps in the 90s where it's super hot and super humid yep and then and it goes back to being cold uh yep. so 
all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you had a you bought a baby alligator. Yep. From the the, the so I met Harmar Mall. Harmar Mall is in, in town here. Yep. yep. So I just I just happened to stop in because I always love critters and reptiles. It's I a stopped local pet in. Shop. Yeah. Stopped in and they had baby alligators. I'm like, no way. This yeah. thing is coming home with me. Yeah. So you, it was like a hundred bucks or something. Right? Hundred bucks is like ninety nine. Yep, yeah. Hundred bucks for a so baby I, hatchling. Alligator. I bought this alligator and I brought it home and I'm like parents are like oh boy i know you you're know, like what the hell are we gonna do now what yeah. now you know but you know most people <laughs> alligators require special heat lamps yeah. heat heated water you know because you know they gotta they gotta have that heat so yeah. i think i think what most probably most pet shops probably plan on you get it home it lives for a month it dies you know because it wasn't properly right taken care of you know whatever but i had all the heat lamps and stuff yeah, you, I raised you took it. it man you took it seriously and that thing was i had it probably seven eight years and it was six feet yeah. a little over six feet yeah. you know at the end there yeah. but that was always down there uh, yeah that was like the, that was tank. like the uh the the mascot of nuke basically yeah because yeah. you had like this big massive tub down there jazz the gator jazz yep. the gator and uh, you named it jazz why <laughs> i don't know you tell me why <laughs> jazz it sounds like it could be initials of some yeah, kind initials from a past girlfriend maybe yeah was that your first girlfriend yeah yeah so yep. your first girlfriend you named your named your pet alligator after yeah. her initials for her name that's hilarious yeah so yeah jazz the gator yeah so you had to walk by the gator because of all the band equipment and stuff was always there in the main part and it was an unfinished basement, you know, very just brick walls, yeah, brick nothing. Walls. And then you had to walk around and you had to go by the washing machine, the dryer, and then there's the gator, you and know. That thing, and was, the, that thing was vicious too. The gator and then you got the wood stove and then my bed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I was I always kept thinking that someday it's gonna get out and it's just gonna kill you in your sleep. And that but. was kind of what happened at the end there the, see it really because yeah, I, I i don't know like what because it just got too big so it got too big it was you know six foot six foot four or something like that it was at the end you know so yeah. it, it was a good size there was a point where i'm like okay this thing's getting this thing's getting too big it's getting powerful you know we got to find a home for this or something right. yeah. so you know we just started thinking about it and then one night the basement was unfinished the lights were at the top of the stairs i slept in a futon on a futon in the basement there behind the drum set yeah. so you walk down the stairs you go around the band equipment you know go around by the gator and then you get to my bed so one night i'm sleeping and i hear the slap of the light the light that was up above so his tail had hit the light so he climbed out, and I heard his what? tail slap the light. You oh know, my otherwise gosh. I never would have got up. But yeah. I just happened to—I happened to have a little flashlight down by my bed. So I get up and I'm like, I look, and there he is, right at my <gasps> bed, looking at me with his mouth open. You know, and I'm like, six I'm foot so, long alligator. So glad I heard that. Yeah. Because of, if not, you know, I would have got up in the dark and yeah. he would have been there and he was big enough where he could do some serious damage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, crap, you know. So I yeah. I, I wrestle the gator, you know, in the middle <laughs> right. of the night. Yeah. I put him back in the back in the thing, you know. Like two hours later, I hear some splashing and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. I get the flashlight. There he is right again? at my, right at my oh, bed again. Yep. I'm like, all right. That's it, dude. That's it, you know. Because yeah. so, you like try to call zoos and stuff. 
stuff, we tried, right? We yeah. tried really hard. My dad was at the U of M. We tried the reptile gardens, South Dakota, everywhere. Everywhere was full zoos, all this stuff. My dad found a professor in Arizona yeah. that wanted it. Yeah. So he flew out here to the Hilton. Wow. From Arizona to here. He flew out here to grab it. So me and my dad... That morning before he went to work, you know, I wrangled it, yeah. taped its mouth shut. Yeah. Um, and we, me and my dad, brought it to Minneapolis to the Hilton. Wow. And it stayed in the bathtub at the Hilton there for <laughs> for a day. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I, I, I kind of remember you telling me the story. So, but yeah. Yeah. So, wow. it's, so it's there for a day. And then the next day, this professor calls my dad back. He's like, yeah, I didn't really think this over too well. I can't get it on the plane. Oh, come like, on, really? You know, dude. So, Come yeah, on, man. You, it's an alligator. It's an alligator. Think, you can't get out. Really? Yeah. You, oh, so we go back to the Hilton, you know, and grab the gator. Yeah, yeah. We have it in this big, huge plastic tote. Yeah. So we're like carrying it through the lobby. We're like, please don't start <laughs> flopping around or moving. You know, people are going to be like, Just an alligator. Like, don't, what the don't, heck no is in that thing? You know, yeah. two guys carrying this tote. But oh, so we get funny. it back. We were not, we tried and we tried and we tried yeah. to find, we just yeah. couldn't relocate it so we ended up putting it down yeah that's the sad thing you know that gator was so iconic with with nuke though you yeah know, it was just like you had the, it was jazz the gator and it's part of your it song made it in part, the song jazz the gator he'll yep. rip you up he'll rip you up yeah, yeah. talk about <laughs> let's talk about how many like nuke has had has gone through a lot of changes over the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How, uh, how many members do you think nuke how many members have has nuke had total do you think throughout oh the years I mean, just just your best guess. seriously probably 30 <laughs> you know seriously i mean there was people gosh you know That's we so should funny. we talked about like doing like a yearbook or something yeah, with like yeah all the members. So the original lineup was you, Mike, and your brother. My brother, Justin. Playing on a yep. toolbox and a big round plastic ball at first. Yep. Drums. Yep. But then you brought I me mean, and brother was a good drummer. He was amazing. Yeah, he was a great drummer. Yeah. He took lessons, obviously, right? Or did he not? Very, not really, just a very short time he did it. Yeah. But then he's like, there's nothing here that I don't already know. So he just... He was basically he like self-taught. And, he yeah. listened. Wow. So you probably had the natural. He had a natural rhythm because there's natural. Yep. There's there's people out there that you can't just you can't just be like you're a drummer. I mean they they probably just be like, they just can't physically do it. Just not yep. in there. Yeah. So it was him, and then eventually Mike left the band. He started his own band. Started his own band, Big Forty Four. So John came in as bass. John Barhorst. Yep. John Barhorst, and he was the guy who was sitting at the table when I first met you guys the first day of school on yep. ninth grade. It was you and John, and then I sh- and I was there. Okay. So yeah, we were kind of losers. Me and you know <laughs> we didn't have many friends, hey, but no way. There's no losers here, man. But whatever, yeah. you know. Right. I was fine with it. Yeah. I was just I was kind of like you, where you just blend in. You, you just know? blend in and yeah. not popular, not yeah, whatever. You, you know, know what though? I will say as a little side note to you being such a turning into such a punk rocker. Nobody wanted to mess with you. I feel like yeah. you said you kind of got the good and the bad of people maybe making fun of you or something. But like, yeah. 
but I my perspective was that you were not somebody to make fun of because you were you were kind of intimidating looking. Yeah, well, you know? most of the crap came from out of school. You know, oh sure, right, out and about. Yeah, because like because I I mean I honestly there was there was times where I saw you with some of the some of the popular kids. And they were, they were, but I, you know, it was just kind of like, I feel like they were like, I just don't want to mess with this kid. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, yeah. I got to, got to kind of, yeah, I just don't want to mess. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's a crazy, crazy punk rock kid. I don't, you know, I don't yeah, know. Really, yeah, really. I'm just this, <laughs> you're like this super quiet, super quiet kid. Yeah. Who uh, didn't drink, didn't smoke pot, yep. except for he, bloodshot eyes token reefer just because i was tired you know <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and i just still tired. still to this day when i get really tired my eyes get bloodshot really wow yeah. that's interesting john came in yeah. and then we're really good friends with russ so we started this side thing russ runs fast we did that for a while and eventually we're like well why don't we just bring russ in as a second guitarist you know and fill out nuke a little bit more so we did that and we're like yeah this is working great so we took all those songs that Russ runs fast, and we just made them nuke songs. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't Russ know that. was yeah. writing. Nice. Russ wrote some. He he wrote three or four songs on that first Fruit Loops album. When I met you, was Russ in the? It might have just been you, John, and Justin. Okay, your brother Justin. When I first met you, or like when you first, because I mean no, because no, because you started nuke when I when I when we, anyway. I guess I don't really remember the Mike days all that much. Yeah, because it must not. It must not have been. A very long tip, maybe a year, yeah. maybe, and maybe two you guys, at the most. Yeah, you were just starting out, and so I didn't, you know, because you weren't playing shows yet or anything. You started playing a couple, yeah. but you were like writing songs and becoming a band. Yep. I was probably still at that point spending most of my time back in Coon Rapids, yep. most of my free time. So you yep. and I weren't hanging out all that much outside of school. No. So I, so I, so I probably didn't even know there was something until all of a sudden you were like, hey... We have a band and we're playing a show and then obviously you were writing lyrics and stuff in the class yep. and whatever. But clearly, as you say, there's been 30, 30 members in the band. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to like remember. <clears throat> yeah. But, and then at one point, well now, okay, so we are going to go a little bit out of the nineties for this just to talk about it because, because it was such a big kind of part of you, our lives together. Um, I remember it was 2001. So, so I apologize. We're breaking my own rule here, not talking about the '90s all that yeah. much. But it stems from the '90s. Nuke started in the '90s, so we're st- we're kind of going from there. Yep. Um, you approached me and asked me if I wanted to play guitar because Russ was Russ didn't and either didn't want to be in it anymore. That was just out of high school, so he was focusing on his job, you know. Oh, sure. And yeah. Nuke was still yeah, going to make it. Yeah, yeah, you know, totally. We were still. That was two years after high school, actually. Yeah. 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 Nuke was gonna make it still, you know. That's we right. Had, Nuke was we gonna had make the it. Dream. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so um I joined and I was with the band for about three years ish, I think. Yeah. Two thousand one to two thousand four ish, I think. So wow. yeah, somewhere in there. Two and a half, yeah. three years. And it was some of the best times I ever had in my life. Like yeah. it was so much fun playing. Yeah. And it's just goofy punk rock stuff, but it's so good. It was so much fun. Yeah, you know, and we had a we had a lot of bad shows. Uh, yeah, a lot of good shows, but a lot of you know a lot of shows where we. So the cool thing about Nuke was that we encouraged people <laughs> <laughs> encouraged people to boo us. Yep. Because we because if, if we were gonna have a bad show, you know, we have to get the audience into it somehow. Yeah. Right? You know, and we would have some really really good shows. It was you know, but there was I there was definitely a lot of bad shows in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And that's just like me playing bad or us playing bad or just not whatever. Whatever. Yeah. whatever you know. Um. But there was one in particular. We we told us we were at uh, Milltown. Milltown at the hall. Milltown at the hall, Wisconsin. 
Um, and we just, we, I, usually we'd be like, everybody boo us, you know, whatever, you know, it, these people took it to such an extreme. Yes. Like we were like, boo us, throw trash at us, yes. do whatever you, we're going to just have a blast no matter what, you know? And cause we just always made fun of ourselves yep. the, all the time. And man, they went absolutely nuts on oh us. Oh my gosh. Like I have, I had cracks, like my guitar was cracked in places cause they were throwing stuff so hard at us. Yeah. Bottles. Bottles. I mean, you like, name it. like it was covered in cans. soda. I have a video that I took actually with my video camera. I have to find it, but it's a video where I, I went through the carnage after the show, like in my bedroom. Cause oh, I, wow. yeah. And I was like, it was covered in like Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Pop, and like, yeah. It was just, whatever. I can't believe that, but it was so much fun. They, I mean, they were throwing full size, like plastic trash cans at us yeah you know and and like but and we were just dodging stuff and still trying to play yeah but we i'd have to duck we'd have to because they were just throwing they had so much fun and so did we that was a great oh, show that was that was, that was amazing yeah. to me that was like the equivalent of green day at woodstock, <laughs> yeah, woodstock starting yeah. that mud Th- fight you know? the, mud fi- the mud fight they started that whole mud fight i mean that, that was, was great such a great show i mean we trashed that place yeah. but the cool part was if you remember like everybody afterwards we got done playing we're like all right now let's clean this place up you <laughs> yeah, know yeah yeah because jay the owner or whatever he he loved us we yeah. played there all the time yep. and he was cool with it and it's surprisingly out in the of nowhere like it's yeah. just nowhere just a small town wisconsin yeah you drive forever through like fields of nothing and all of a sudden it's this tiny little town that had this awesome place to play music it was one of the probably one of the funnest shows that we ever did it was kind of unique in that way because most bands wanted everyone to love them yeah you know and and we wanted obviously we wanted people to like us but but it was like we had no problem being like hey nukes well our it was nuke sucks nukesucks.net yeah, was our, our website our first yeah. website nukesucks.net we had the buttons the that buttons said, said nuke, nuke sucks. sucks and yeah. it's just like that that's a way to just another way to get people into it you know if you instead of people cheering if we're like hey you know if they'd cheer we'd be like no 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 yep boo us please and we'd be like okay everybody on count of three boo and they would love it you, you know, know people get love to- it so much fun cater to the haters too you know, yeah, yeah. They, oh absolutely yeah the hecklers you can't you can't heckle somebody who's like if, if somebody's like you guys suck and we're like yes we do yes we thank do you. thank you yep. appreciate that <laughs> do you want a free t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> right but honestly some of the best most fun i've ever had um ever in my life like never will forget that time and then so i left because in middle school high school i realized i wanted to make movies wanted to be a filmmaker all that kind of stuff and so after high school i went to school for film but you guys were still like we, we wanted you wanted nuke to 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 figure out like can we make this can yeah. we make this something can we make a living at it can we whatever so i was thinking about it going like well my first number one passion is film and movies and that pursuing that my su- like so super close second was nuke right yep. music but i was like look i was like i i can't give them 100% right now and they need 100% i feel from whoever's here and so I felt like I had to leave. Yeah. And looking back, I was like, I don't know, dude, did I? But I don't know. But it's just one of those things where... Is what it is. It happened. Yeah. But I still think, besides that Milltown show being the most memorable, I think, for me, that last show we played, yeah. I, with my last show was probably the best show I think we ever played Saint when Cloud. I was in the band. Yeah. yeah. St. Cloud, yeah. The Java Joint. The Java Joint. Yeah. yeah. It's not there anymore. It was a coffee yep. place, whatever. Yep. Um, but that was so much fun. So fast forward, now we're, now we're getting out of the 90s a little bit, but it's still Nuke related, so we're still stuck in the, uh, in the 90s realm of Nuke. Yep. But fast forward 10 years, so so I left the band, Nuke continued for another couple of years, right? Yeah, 2006, another couple of years. Got married, had a couple of kids, so I'm like, you know, it's yep. it's just time. Yeah. 
It's just time to be done. So you guys hung it up, and there was mo- there was you know new members in the band. Yeah. So at the at the end, yeah. you know at at the end it was me, Steve, Jake, and Brandon. Yep. At the end. So Who, none of none of those three were in the band when I was in the band. Which yeah, is so there was after you <laughs> another was, like mess of like yeah, people come in and take over. Yeah, another of except the, 30. the the staple of Tokes was always there. He was yeah can't yep. have Nuke without you. Me and Jake, our bassist at the time, um, we started like an old time country like Johnny Cash. Oh, that's right. Style. Yeah. He had the upright bass. I it was wow. acoustic, you know, and then another guy named Different Steve. Was on guitar. His name's different, Steve. Steve, Steve Yonke, not to be confused with Steve Ranky. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, what we always said that's funny. Um, so we tried that for a little while. It just didn't work. Uh, so we called it quits as 2006. Probably five, six years went by. Jake started reaching out to me. He's like, dude, let's get the band back together. You know, I'm like, no, <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Stop calling me. You know? Nuke's done. Nuke it's is gone. done. That's gone. That was done. That's over. <laughs> You know, another year would go by, dude, let's get the band back together. No, no. You know, this went on for years. You'd call me once a year and say, let's do it. And eventually I got divorced. Um, 2016, you know, I, I, we were separated. Jake calls me up again, you know. Like, like total, he's, like, he's on, yeah. he's on call, you know. He's, he's expecting just like you to be like, nope, yep, move on. Yep. Yep. Jake calls me up. He's like, dude, let's get the band back together. Like he always like he'd done for the past five, six years. And I'm actually, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe we could. And he's like, there <laughs> I mean, was a imagine pause. Imagine the reaction when he's like, there was a pause. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, yeah. That is the ultimate wait, what moment. Yeah. Like, wait, like, what? Wait, wait, what? Seriously? <laughs> you know? So he's it's like, oh, okay. So who should we have? You know? Yeah. Well, well, let's reach out to Steven Brandon again, you know, because yeah. that's what we ended off with. We're like, okay, let's do it. I think we had a better reaction now coming back than than we did back then. Well, and we talked about this a little bit like the like the the back then when Nuke was like you know, it was there's this big I think Blink-182 was the big uh culprit yep. kind of not really a culprit, that sounds like a bad thing, but all these bands just sprung up. All these pop punk bands. Yeah. And they all kind of sounded pretty similar. Yep. Right. So there's a million of them out there. Oh yeah. Yeah, and now there's not many but we came back with that but we also came back with the nuke attitude of let's just have fun let's just have fun you yeah, know yeah. there was shows where we came back where i i forgot my tuner you know and i'm like <laughs> or my or maybe forgot the lyrics who knows out, or i forget the lyrics and stuff you know you just <laughs> but you just play you off fun, of it yeah. and stuff you, yeah you out yourself and people yep. are like people like that you know you're yeah, not just it, some band that's oh we're you know yeah it, it, that's the, and like i said going back to that even i already kind of said it was that nuke was was never it was totally self-deprecation all the time it was just like we didn't care it was like most bands out there want to come out there and present themselves like they're the fucking best thing ever yeah if i forget the words or if my voice squeaks or if i play the wrong <laughs> note i'm gonna out myself yep. and i'm gonna yeah, Make and, fun of it, you know? You know if, and if people heckle you, you just like, you'd be like, hell yes, absolutely. You're totally right, <laughs> you know? And then they have nothing to say. They're yeah. like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's just fun. Thank you so much for listening. And please be on the lookout for episode three, the finale with Chris Tokes Knudsen, coming soon from Freaks of the 90s. Thank you.
said she's got all